And now, detailing success in PNS Double Black present the Rennie Doyle Podcast, a podcast for blue-collar entrepreneurs. Hosted by the detailer of Air Force One and founder of both Detailing Success and the Detail Mafia, Rennie Doyle. We got it. We are here. Good. We had a little technical difficulty. That's the story of my life. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Uh, good morning, everybody. Sorry, I I was a little uh, I was a little late, but we uh, we are here. We are here. So um, we've got some fun. We've uh, we took and we've invited several guests. Uh, this is one of uh, this is the first, isn't it? In our award winners, Chris. Yes. It's kind of fun because uh, we've got Joe Kimball in house, and we'll get to him in just a second and share. Uh, what he was honored to receive within the industry, from the industry, with the industry uh, this year. And uh, we've got a lot going on. Last week was a busy week. This week, uh, last week was, do we, uh, do we have any flooding last night in town? Not, 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 not really too bad. So we've, yeah. We, so, so, so anybody that was, was keeping their eyes open on the news is California. Any mountain community has got just a ton of snow. Um, you guys might not know this, but we had another event last week. I had to cancel because we just weren't. We didn't want to bring. It was a bigger. It was a. It was a, a PNS event, and we didn't want to have a bunch of people up here. And travel days were going to be on the the heavy rain days and get people stuck up here. Um, and so, one, I didn't want to put people in that position. And two, with what I do on you know on my on my other, it would have looked really bad if all of a sudden you know. Uh, and with what Diane does, you know, so. We decided to go ahead and, and reschedule that one. And you guys don't know this, but all the way till Friday, we were watching everything really closely because we didn't want to put you guys in danger. Uh, but, you know, smaller group, easier to move and everything else. And and then and then uh, Chris got up here. That was your first day of being at the first day of a five day. Right, Chris? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think so. You know, the uh, so just in case nobody realizes, we've got students up there this week. And um, and what do you call it? Uh, we had one student whose uh, flight was coming in a little late and then it got delayed or canceled and then it changed and what a mess. And uh, so I went Sunday night, picked him up from the airport at 11, 1130 and drove him up to Big Bear and we rolled in right about 2 a.m. I think I hit the pillow at 2 a.m. So, wow. yeah, it's, well, we appreciate your dedication and <laughs> we appreciate you actually being here the next day, you know, and alive and he's worked his butt off. So. We're going to take and have everybody get, kind of get behind me real quick. So come on, come on over. Cause I really want them to, uh, I want them to be able to take and say hi. So I'm going to come down here and I'm actually going to get out of their way. I'm going to get a sip of coffee. So uh, just this yeah, is, uh, introduce yourselves real quick. Uh, just go, we'll start uh, in the back, the big, tall guys, yeah. the huge guys. So make sure you can see yourself, say, say where you're from and your name. Hi, I'm Sergio. I'm from Mexico. And one more. That's it. Right on. There we go. David from Wasilla, Alaska. Intern. Yep. Yep. Good morning, Luis Diaz from Menifee, California. He's on Mel Cartons. <laughs> Good morning, Norman Dykeston from Big Bear, California. He's a firefighter, so you can't spell milk carton. Right. <laughs> What's up, guys? Tucker Matheson, Revive Auto mm -hmm. Detailing out of Greenland, New Hampshire. I don't even know what to say about him. Good. Good morning, Cody Hall, Moses Lake, Washington. I'm the guy that was late. <laughs> <laughs> right on. So there we go. So, hey, welcome to the industry, and uh, it's a lot of fun. So let's jump right into it. Joe, what's up, dude? Hey, how we doing this morning? You know, pretty dang good, man. Pretty dang good. So 
you know, recently, um, you know, you were bestowed with something uh, kind of fun. And uh, uh, I think Chris is going to do a little bit of introduction to that. And then we're going to go through and ask you some questions if you don't mind. But, hey, thanks for coming on. Uh, I just I'm, I'm really excited about sharing uh, your company story and uh, where you guys have started out, where you were, where you are, where you're going. So uh, welcome. Yeah. So if, if you guys if you guys haven't figured it out yet, our guest today is Joe Kimball. Uh, Joe owns and operates Kimball's Hands-On Detailing in Gig Harbor, Washington. Um, he's a fairly new uh, PNS distributor, and he was also recently awarded the IDA Detail Shop of the Year. Um, but before I really turn everything over to Rennie, I got one question for you. And I don't know if I've ever asked you this before, but it's a serious question. Um, you know, so you, so you, you know, Joe Kimball here, you own, you operate Kimball's hands on detailing. There's a whole bunch of Kimball's that work in the business. All right. But the business is located on Kimball Drive. Is that a coincidence? It, it's a street named after you. What happened there? It was uh, actually, it was a, a total coincidence. Um, we were, we were working out of our garage and doing mobile and, uh, you know, working out of my house. I, I want you wanted our personal space you know that's our that's our sanctuary you know so i decided one day i was jumped on uh craigslist and i'm like i'm just gonna see so i type in keyword detail shop and the first thing that popped up detail shop on kimball drive and i was like i don't care what it looks like that's fate that's us right there god and here this whole time i thought you're just a trust funder and you just you know they didn't they named the whole fucking street after your family <laughs> oh it's funny because there's kimball's coffee there's so many different shops that you know are named after the street and everybody always asks do you own the whole street oh yeah <laughs> that's a yes i do yes i do that's pretty well, we've got you know it's funny because we've got our our late guy owns coffee shops you know our coffee you know, establishments i should say not shops because that puts it back to a different era um so what well, that's kind of i didn't even realize that with your with your address that it, that's that's that, that that could you could really there's a whole marketing ploy to that that could be a lot of fun so Hey, hey, Joe, what, what did you do before detailing? What was life for you before you got into detailing? Uh, I was actually actually a superintendent for a design-build uh, firm. We did uh, custom high-end homes. Oh, really? How long did you do that? Yeah. Uh, actually, I started that back uh, actually in high school. Um, to be honest, construction is my, my true passion. And then... Uh, you know, I've always loved doing that. In 2007, I had a 1,600-pound beam fall on my leg and destroy it. And when that happened, um, the doctor said, you know, you'll never be able to do construction going up and down ladders. I can't kneel. Uh, I've lost over 70% of the bend in my left leg. So oh, wow. the, the only other option was my true passion, which was detailing cars. I love cars. So. Huh. I've got a I've got a minor in uh, construction management, and I thought I'd never use it. Um, I'm not very mechanically inclined, you know. Um, I can see things and vision things, so more of an architect than a than the builder. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. But throughout our, my career, and this is a really good message because I'm going to ask. It's going to lead right into the next question. Is I can't tell you in life how much that construction experience of just learning the backside has helped me out in bidding things, uh, building, you know, houses. My, my, I love, I, I love real estate, you know, and investing in real estate. So how has construction helped you that, that, 
all of those years, those decades, what, what, what did that bring to the table for you when you guys jumped into the detailing side of it? Um, more so it's, it's just seeing what you're working on, understanding what you're working on. Um, construction taught me, um, you know, at a, at, a, at a young age when, uh, I first started, all I saw was, you know, what was in this circle and, uh, over the time, it's, it's allowed me to learn to see the bigger picture. So when uh, in the detailing side of it, I can see a car. I can see exactly what we have to work on. I'm seeing the whole car instead of looking at just one section. Gotcha. Well, you know, it's funny is, is people, you can really utilize what you've done, even if you're young and you don't have a whole lot of experience, you know, is that you can take things from your past life. And, and really utilize it is we've got a really mixed group here this week, you know, as law enforcement, firefighter, military, entrepreneurship and youth, you know, um, but you can use all those things to your advantage. I think what's amazing is, are you guys engaged in software? Do you guys use software in your detailing company? Oh, we do. We use uh, you're able. Gotcha. And, and here's where I lead into this is that, going back through my, my formal education and construction management, all so much of it was, was, was software of tracking things and so forth. How much in every aspect military now we're freaking, you, you got to be a geek before anything else. I mean, you really do. Same within the fire service, law enforcement, everything's a lot of things are electronic now. Right. And so those things can help you because now with, you know, systems like you're able that you're utilizing, you can put proposals out. You know, and, 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 and so that was something that I learned about way back when I was in, in school and it really helped out. So, so, so next up you on know, this when, is, that, go ahead. Sorry. I, I was just going to say real quick, you know, when you kind of, when you're in a position like I am and you, you, you got your eyes on a lot of different detailers and people in the industry and you're kind of monitoring things, um, you do kind of see the, the guys that have mastered technology and are able to use it to their advantage. They, they tend to find the most success, you know, it, they, they find ways to get it to help them the most and help their bottom line. It, it, and, and the ones that really, the people that take it to the next level, the ones that have mastered technology, but understand and value the one-on-one -on -one relationship is they don't hide behind technology. The relationship's not a keyboard or a phone is that the, the, the technology keeps them in line with building the personal relationships up. That's really key. So many people hide behind that keyboard and they don't build, they, they have a keyboard relationship, you know, versus a, a, a real static relationship. Um, so now you mentioned, you know, construction's your passion, but detailing was right there. What, what got you interested in, in detailing? What, where, where's that all start? Oh, man, I love this one. So my parents back in the, uh, oh, the 80s, they used to go to the, uh, the local auction house and they, they bid on those. Um, mystery boxes. You never knew what was in them, but you, you know, and they got a lot. I can tell you, my mom's a pack rat and she still has, pardon me, she still has a lot of shit that she shouldn't have from back in the 80s. But uh, I remember they came home one time and I was like, I was super excited. I think I was about 12 or so. And I opened up this box and the first thing that's in there is this old, I swear it was a uh, steel polisher, had a wool pad on it and everything. So the next wow. day I thought, I'm going to go polish my mom's truck. And she had like this, I think it was like a 79 F-150 or something. And I knew nothing about compounds. I thought you just took that wool pad and just went to town. And let me tell you what, 
<laughs> I screwed that truck up. Hit <laughs> <laughs> it with a rotary nice and dry and but that uh you know my I remember my my dad, you know, we didn't have a good relationship, but I remember him saying, you know, you messed it up, now you gotta fix it. And it, you know, 13 years old, I, I had to learn really fast how to take that damage that I just did and bring it back to life. You know, it's funny. I'll share a story I've never shared before. My first screw up that could be back to detailing is I was six years old. And in football back then is that they reused the helmets and you had to repaint them every year. Well, we had to take them home and sand them ourselves. What? I didn't have a dad. I didn't have a father figure. So I, I go to my mom and grandma. They don't, they don't know what to do. And they said, well, go down and see if you can dig up some sandpaper down in the garage. Well, I found some. And I, I took the sandpaper, which was like, I don't know, 180 grit to that helmet. And I destroyed the helmet. So my first wet sanding attempt was on a, on a, on a football helmet. And I got in a lot of trouble. Uh, but then the, the coach felt bad because he, you know, he didn't understand my situation. But it took a while to touch another, another piece of sandpaper. So, so what year – so, you, you know, you're a kid when that, that kind of set a seed, right? You go into construction, you're doing things. What year did you actually open up your, your, your shop officially, your, your business? Uh, 2018. 2018. And so yeah. what was the push to open the shop? What kind of motivated you to open the business? Uh, well, to be honest with you, um, so Cody had um, – he went down to Grand Canyon University, finished up his uh, – you know, got his bachelor's in uh, business management and finance. Uh, he came home. He ended up going to work for a um, local staffing – well, big staffing company as, working in the call center. And he would come home completely miserable every day. You know, these are guys, you know, we were talking about technology. These are a lot of blue collar workers that don't understand technology and the direction that we go with everything. These guys, um, in order to get their uh, assignments for the day, which where they were going, it was all on their phone. Well, they, you know, these guys couldn't figure it out and they would call and they would just ream Cody a new one. And, um, you know, he, like I say, come home super miserable every day. I never, I never preach to my kids to quit anything. You know, if you started it, you need to finish it. But that was one area where I said, Cody, you're not happy. This is not good for your mental health. This is not good for you. It's time to quit. And so uh, he did quit that. And we start, you know, we, we were always big on uh, detailing, you know, keeping our own cars clean and everything. So we, uh, we started out, you know, doing, a neighbor's car and then another neighbor's car. And then before too long, it blew up to where it wasn't just in our little neighborhood. It was the whole community in the town. And so uh, I remember Cody was, you know, again, he comes in one night and he's like, dad, you know, we, we've got to get licensed and insured. This is, this is stupid. If we screw up one thing, we're done. And cause we literally started Kimball's with a dollar and a dream. And when I say a dollar and a dream, we literally had $1 left to our name. And so we were, you know, we concerned that if, uh, you know, again, if something happened, we could lose everything that we worked for. Uh, so it just so happened one night we had dinner and Cody went down into the office and about an hour later he comes upstairs and he just, he said, all right, it's official. We're now Kimball's hands-on detailing. We're licensed, insured, everything. So it was actually, it was Cody that started everything. Wow. I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. So that works us right in. So, you know, it's you're very visible online that you're a family business. You're very proud of it, which is cool. Um, you know, it 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 uh, it it's 
what made you start it and involve your family? What was the motivation? So Cody, I didn't know that. Cody was kind of the drive in that. But those, those, the, that initial, you know, take us back to 2018, 2019, when you're building this thing up and kind of, kind of share with us uh, what, what your vision was back then. So for, for years, um, you know, when Cody or Joey uh, started high school, you know, we, we started thinking about his future, started thinking about uh, what he's going to do. Um, and we had talked for probably three years, you know, trying to figure out, we had talked about opening a convenience store, opening a diner, opening something that Joey could be involved in where he has a place to go to work every day and we can keep an eye on him. Um, and so to be honest, Joey was the driving force between behind making this a full on family business. That's pretty. So now those that don't know your family, so. Uh, explain your kids and their involvement. And, you know, you know, I, I see a lot of smiles in, in Mustang, you know, I just, when I think of your family, you know, it's a lot of smiles. Now, before you go into Joey though, I got to tell you, I've never been fired so often as I am when Joey's around because, you know, first time I met him, he gave, you know, gave me some love and then he said, you're fired. And I was like, damn it. You know, I didn't even make a first good first impression. So, Kind of go oh, back shit. and explain your family, your, your family and the, the nucleus of your family and all that good stuff. Well, so, I mean, we, uh, everybody knows Cody. You know, Cody's, uh, Cody and I are always together when we go to SEMA, Mobile Tech, SDC. We're always together. Um, you know, Cody's shoot, almost 24, 25. Jeez, I should know this. Um, then there's Allie, my daughter. She is a senior in high school, 17 years old. Uh, just committed with a full ride to Western Washington University for fast pitch. Congratulations! Uh, so actually, awesome. Oh yeah, I was I was kind of looking forward to her being a part of the business because you know, 12, 13 years old, that girl could work a polisher like no other. And so I mean, I could put her on a car and walk away. And but she has other dreams and visions, which will support that. She wants to be a teacher and an athletic trainer, so she's heading that direction. And then we got <laughs> Joey is uh, he's my 20 year old autistic son. Um, we've known Joey that we've known that Joey was special from the day he was born. Um, yeah. And when, when it comes to, uh, you know, you talk about him firing you, it's funny. So Joey doesn't, he, I mean, he can say it, but he won't, for some reason he won't say, I love you, you know, things like that. Um, his way of letting you know that he cares about you, he loves you, is either you're tough or you're fired. If he says that yeah. to you, you got a friend for life. Holy shit, I didn't know about the tough part. I did get a tough one, too. So I feel oh, yeah. score, right? Score. So that's – I'll tell you, this young man, though, when he walks anywhere where he is, is there sunshine following him? Am I am I wrong? You, you are 100% correct. I tell everybody – um, Joey, he is a poster child for true love, compassion. Uh, he does not have a mean bone in his body, does not hate. He does, you know what? We could all learn a lot from Joey, even myself, because he doesn't judge anybody. He honestly, Joey doesn't give a shit what you think about him. He's going to love you. He's going to, you know, respect you. He's never going to judge you. And that's something that I think we could all take away from him on that aspect. So this next one is an interesting question, and I, I love that answer, man. He's just a great kid. And uh, so, you know, Diane and I have worked together. This is the first time 
Uh, Diane took a full-time career and, you know, she, she raised kids. She's been a big part of all of our business that we've owned at various levels, you know? Um, and she just, it, it was a tough job because she wanted to, she wanted to, you know, she wanted fulfillment, but she also wanted to raise kids and, 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 and all this. And it was a real challenge. Right. Um, but I can't tell you how many times, um, she's fired me. I fired her. She's quit. I've quit, you know? So let's talk about with, you know, family, working with family and some of the challenges, uh, versus working with colleagues or, or employees. Uh, it's a little different, you know, it's a little different, uh, take. We've got a young man here that I tease him all the time because, um, Tucker and his dad work together and he, you know, he calls his dad Brent when they work. And, and so I, every time he says it, when we're on a podcast, I said, no, his name's dad. He goes, no, not at work. And I said, his name's dad. So I'm constantly saying that to him. So, you know, what, what are some of those realistic challenges of, you know, of, uh, have you faced any, um, you know, I don't think there's bad challenges, but I think it's anytime you work together, you know, is, is, it does create some friction at times. How do you guys, how do you deal with that? What's the difference? It's a tough one. So, you know, one of our biggest hurdles in the beginning was uh, learning our roles. You know, we all thought we could do everything. We didn't, you know, there was no, you know, where Sherry's the office manager, office manager, Cody is the, the CFO. I'm the general manager. You know, there was none of that. It was, we all just did our job. And that created uh, a lot of animosity because Cody would say one thing or do something. I would do something different. Sherry would do something different. So <clears throat> we actually, and I hate to say it this way, but we had a blow up where I like, I was done. I was ready to, to hang it up and walk away and just, you know, because I just felt like we were fighting a losing battle. And uh, we just, we sat down one night and was like, okay, we grabbed the notepad out and said, listen, you know, Sherry, here's your job. Cody, Smart. Your job. We had to lay those those out and lay those boundaries out, and we still have to stick to it. You know, there's days that I'll walk in the office and I'll talk to Sherry about scheduling or something, and she'll just look at me and she's like, "That's not your job. That's mine. We're good." You know, and so we have to. You know, we we still have to give the reminders. But um, the other the other hard part is we not only do we work together, we live together. So we we go home together. We get up, drive to work together. We're at work, you know, we're around each other literally 24 seven. And there's days and, you know, for instance, today, you know, I think I said something to my wife and the next thing I know, the door kind of slammed and she took a walk for a few minutes. So I'll have to iron that out when I get back to the shop. But, you know, um, you know, that's, that's probably one of the biggest challenges is just, you know, respecting everybody's boundaries because you have to have those, especially when you're around each other as much. Amen. Well, well said, you know, this weekend, Diane and I are telling these guys, you know, that we went out and we Saturday night, we just, we had dinner. We sat there and listened to karaoke. Uh, we, 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 we just, we hung out and I said, how are you liking, you know, your job? She's half a year in now. And she goes, Renny, I really like it. You know, I really, I feel like I've got independence. I like the people. I like the mission. And she goes, how are you liking it? I said, I never, ever, I never had any couch and underwear time by myself in a house. We had four kids and, you know, we still, we still have one semi at home. And um, she goes, really? And I said, oh my God, I can get, I can take a nap. I don't feel guilty because you just don't know, <laughs> you know? And so it was, it was really, it's been a different, you know, angle to our life and it's been enjoyable 
but I, I got to tell you, I do miss her, you know, is that during the day, you know, is we text each other still. Um, I can always tell if she's real busy because I won't get a text back. So I don't, you know, I don't mess, you know, I don't mess with her. Uh, but that's some great points. Now, what, what's, what, uh, how do you separate? This is a really good one. How do you separate working from pleasure? I'm still learning. Oops. Still, oh, she took a bit. We're still, yeah, we're, yeah, we're, we're still learning on that. Um, you mm. know, uh, it's it's a hard one because we're like right now we're either at work or we're on the road with Allie for her travel softball. So I mean, that's kind gotcha. of when people say, "What do you do for fun?" Well, we travel with my daughter in the United States to watch her play ball. You know, so we had four kids and we did a lot of, you know, we wrestled skiing. I mean, everything else you can think of. And it was I look back to those days and I think life's busy now. Holy, I don't know how we got through those things. You're in for a week. I mean, when that ends. I, I had no problem filling my time. But I mean, it's a really cool chapter and it's a short chapter in life. Here's a little hint that we've done. I've shared that is Diane and I went to the seven to seven program is from seven in the morning till seven at night was business before seven after seven it's not i've really taken that down now at my my phone set on private mode until 7 30. and it goes back on a private mode at 5 30. and so from 7 30 to 5 30 and sometimes i won't even turn my phone on until 8 8 30. even even on business days and the reason why is nothing's gonna fall apart sometimes you're too connected and sometimes you know, like you said, you, you know, your wife used to slam the door and stuff like that. That's a time I'll just turn my damn phone off and go pay some attention to her, you know, and just give her my give her my attention, you know. And how that comes back is pretty strongly, you know. She's that's a tough a, woman. Yeah, that's one thing that we uh, we we've really gotten uh, really good at is we we our shop closes at five o'clock. We get home about five thirty, quarter to six, and. There, there, there is no business unless it's something, you know, an emergency call. There is no business. You know, we don't, we're not texting clients. We're not calling clients. That's Good. our family. Plan. And that's something that, yeah. It took a lot to get there. Cause I was the guy that, you know, people would message at 11, 12, one o'clock in the morning. You know, I was responding to them as soon as my phone would bang. Now I'm like, you know what? They can wait until tomorrow when we open, you know, cause that's, that's our time, you know, we, that's something that we we all need to learn is we, we need our time. Here, here's the other thing. I think when you make yourself too available is you devalue yourself. Yes. Is I think that you can't be too available. Now, we, we, owned, a, we owned a company. We did private uh, executive protection um, for years, and we owned a very successful company. We uh, sold that company way back in 06 is when it closed. December 22nd of 2005 is officially when it closed. Um, it was, it's like a boat owner. Uh, starting that business was the happiest day of my life. Selling that business was the happiest day of my life. It was very demanding. In that business, you had to make yourself available. You know, you had to. And that's one of the reasons that we, we had people approaching us to buy it because it was just a great opportunity. And it was just killing our family time. It was killing our family life. Diane and I, we didn't know. She was slinging. She was picking up Sting from the police uh, the day before Darren was born. She was out in a car 
uh, not doing executive protection, just transporting, you know, him. And so, um, you know, it was very demanding. Right. And it was a good opportunity. But you've got to put those you've got to put those boundaries in. The other thing you got to do is you got to put some boundaries in with your own family. When you work with family is that each one of us, I am I can go. Diane's a hard worker. Um, I've probably got about about 25 percent more gas in my tank. And I can't expect her to match that gas tank level is that she's just got other pressures on her as a mom. I don't even try to understand those, you know, and I don't see it that a harder worker. I see that her, her fuel consumption is burning at a different level because she's got pressures on her from the kids that I, I don't even know what those are because I'm not a mom. Also boundaries with your kids, you know, whether you work with them or not is you're an entrepreneurial family. I always told my kids they'd be pissed trying you know, helping out and with the best. I said, listen, man, this is the benefit of you. You know, all the Disneyland trips and the ski trips and the passes and everything else. Where do you think that comes from is this company? So you're going to have to put a little sweat equity into it, you know? Um, and so, you know, you've, 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 you know, you've, uh, as the economy becomes a little more challenging, what are you seeing? You know, what's, what's, what's going on with the, with, with your guys' business? Are you starting to witness it a little bit? Phones start oh, yeah. to slow down. You have to market a little bit. So what's, what's going on there with you guys? So normally, you know, uh, between the middle of December till about the middle of March, things, uh, things slow way down. Um, it's just the nature of the beast here in Washington. You know, uh, this year though, it, it, it kind of got scary for a little bit there because, you know, we're, we're used to being, and I know people kind of harp on this. We're used to being a month to three months out. We're, we're always that busy and we've narrowed, you know, like right now we're about a week and a half out and it adds a lot of pressure. Cause it's like, am I, are we doing something wrong? Do we need to add something? You know, what, where do we need to adjust? And I kind of looked back and it was like, okay, I really don't need to adjust. We were, we were used to having, um, two employees during this time of year, whereas now we have 10 employees. Oof. So we didn't really slow down. We just, I mean, we did slow down, but we, we weren't used to having to keep that many people busy. Right. So, right. Uh, you know, there's, there's a whole generation of entrepreneurs that just haven't witnessed a slowdown yet. I mean, for some COVID was ugly for most of it. It was a beautiful thing. I mean, it, it's business just, catapulted catapulted we've got friends that own restaurants and a lot of people say man restaurants were hit hard man our friends got creative as heck they don't even want to go back into in dining they just want to keep people pick, picking the food up they're making so much more money um it's just it's 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 un, it's unthinkable and so you know i think is is you know coming into it you know when you've got a big staff and stuff we we're talking about this the other day and i said the first thing that i always did is when I saw my schedule, you know, starting to shrink down is the first thing that this is a hard lesson because it's tough to do. The first thing I had to do is let people go. And we look at the weakest link, you know, who's the biggest problem child in the group. Usually those let goes were ended up really helping us, you know, is that our culture got better. Um, you know, our, our, our hourly burn rate um, is, was, was more uh, manageable. Uh, but the whole culture in the company got better, you know, without, without having somebody that was in everybody's ear. Um, 
so what's some lessons, you know, you come out, you, you know, you're employed by in construction field. What's something that you've learned by owning a business? What, what's something that you went, whoa, I didn't expect this. Was there anything that was either, wow, this is cool or wow, I didn't expect this or just anything else that you've kind of learned along your journey uh, since, since 18? Oh man. That's a, that's a, that's a tough one. Uh, you know, I, I would say probably the biggest thing that I've learned is um, I thought I thought running a business was easy. I thought I had all the answers. This was going to be a cake, you know, cakewalk. Um, you know, Cody and I, when we started it, we were we we did well for where we were at. Um, but it wasn't until um, you know your uh, the Abens came out for the year story. Did the year story with us. Mm -hmm. uh, we met Grant. Not too long after that, uh, Grant, we actually hired Grant Menard as our business and financial advisor. And within the first four meetings, I learned that I didn't know shit about business. I, I didn't know 90% of what I needed to know. And so that, that was that was probably been the biggest hurdle is, is literally just fine-tuning the business, um, educating myself. Well, I think, you know what, I, I, get, I applaud you for owning that because a lot of people are too macho and, and, and you just nailed it. And let me tell you, you know, I'm 40 years into entrepreneurship and everybody thinks it gets easier. No, the, the, the challenges get bigger. You, you just learn along the way, you know, is that I, 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 I sat there and I did a, a mind map the other night and I looked at the octopus that we've created along our journey you know, of all the arms, the different arms and the responsibilities, you know, we've got right now, we've got, if you look at the whole thing with PNS, if you look at the mafia, if you look at all the different businesses we've got right now and, and future business that we're going to be announcing here shortly is we've got almost 400 families, 500 families that rely on, on, on us making the right decisions. That's a big, that's a big task, but you can dwell on it. Um, you're going to make mistakes. Uh, the company's going to make mistakes. Your colleagues are going to make mistakes. Your family's going to make mistakes. And it's how you handle it. It's how you address it and just stay calm. Uh, we use a fire term that they taught us in school, and I've used this for a, probably 40 years, stop, drop, and roll. Okay? They teach that, right? You catch on fire, you know? What does that mean? Is that I think a lot of people, when they get in trouble or they get a lot of pressures, they, they catch themselves on fire. You know, not literally, but, you know, emotionally and, 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 and definitely their mental, their mental side of things, they're, they're, on, they're on fire. They're, they're blazing. Stop running. Stop fanning the flames. Just stop. Think. Okay? Stop. Drop. Sleep on it overnight or try to sleep. You know? <laughs> Roll. The next day or two, take that day or two to – even if it's a post that you're going to respond to – most of the time when, it, when somebody comes out, as, you're, as you get more noticeable, you know, you're witnessing this now in your, in your career, um, people are going to take shots at you. The easiest thing to do is go delete it or don't respond at all. Is there's power in silence. And so there's power when you get in a fight with a colleague at work. There's power in just silence. There's power and being 100% contained. Am I 100% contained? No. 
No, not even close, you know, not even close. I'm much better than I used to be, you know, but I'm not completely contained. So now some, some takeaways. So, you know, you've, you've got, you got to talk about this award and, and getting shop of the year. I, I watched your face. I was there. Uh, I, I think what, you know, I don't know. You've probably heard this a hundred times already, but I think, you know, as a dad is seeing you was it, I felt coming out of your soul that it wasn't a you thing, that it was a family thing, that it was a kid thing. Um, how, how did that feel winning that? Oh boy. It was, um, it was, it was humbling to be, to be nominated. Um, but that I, you know, I was home with uh, COVID when the awards were given out. And when I heard our name, I was instantly on the phone because uh, Sherry and Cody and Allie were on their way home. Or actually, the whole family was on their way home from work. And I was like, you're not going to believe this. You did it. And right. I remember my, my wife said, my wife said, we did what? And I'm like, you guys detail shop of the year. And she's like, we did that. And I'm like, I know, but this is this is all of us. This isn't just, you know, this is our whole family. And when I say our whole family, mm-hmm. it's not just Sherry, Cody, Joey, Allie. It's. Everybody. our immediate family and April mm-hmm. and her family, you know, our whole team and their family, it was everybody, everybody did that. So it was, it was, it was super humbling when, when that was, when we got that award. You know, I saw, I remember seeing you on camera and I remember seeing your emotions and I remember, I look at people's eyes, you know, and there's part of you that was still in disbelief. Part of you that was giddy as a 12 year old. Um, part of you that was um, very prideful and part of you really emotional, you know, really emotional. And I think it was pretty real, you know, that, that, that it happened. So congratulations on that. Um, so, you know, how do, how do people connect if they want to take and, you know, watch you and follow you over on social media? How do they do that? Uh, so, well, of course, my personal Facebook page, which I've tamed down a lot. Um, uh, there, um, Instagram, Kimball's hands-on detailing and auto accessories on Instagram, uh, TikTok, uh, and then something else that I'm, I'm very open with is I, I give my phone number out freely cause I want to be there to help. You know, there was people that helped me along the way. I want to be that person to help them along the way. That's cool. Pay it forward. That's awesome. Well, you can pop that out now if you want to. I'm game with that. What do you feel comfortable with? Yeah, you're more than welcome. You know, uh, 360-621-3816. My phone is on 24-7. I may not answer it right away, but I will definitely – I get back to everybody as, as soon as I possibly can. Uh, so my number, if you guys want to call that, is 867-5301. <laughs> it's actually a, it's a song from the 80s. <laughs> I don't keep my actually, phone on. Actually, Randy, I think it's – I think it's 5309. Guess what? Guess what? That was a number two, Running Springs. When, I, when that song came out in the 80s, it was a we called that dude every freaking day, man. And man, he was pissed off. He was not happy. <laughs> that was a, it was that was a Running Springs number, uh, which is a little town just, just below us. So 867-5309. Yep, 5309. Uh, my phone is not on 24-7. 
Uh, and that is not my number, by the way. Uh, but it's fun to call it in whatever area code you're in and and see if – what was the girl's name in that? Sally or something like that? I can't remember. i got to play this song. It's been a long time. Um, so, hey, Joe, I want to thank you and the family. Tell the kids, uh, the entire family, congratulations. Um, I'm glad that you could come on. And uh, as usual, uh, we, you know, stomp on that like. Uh, go follow the Kimballs. Um, we we want to thank Detailing Success, um, Team Double Black, Team PNS. Uh, these podcasts happen because of them. And uh, if you have any questions on our advanced five day, how are we doing so far? Yeah. Pretty intense. Amazing. 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 I'll pay you guys later. Uh, <laughs> and so, no, if you're, if you are interested, uh, let us know. Uh, it's not an easy class, is it? No. A lot of products, a lot of products. And we want to thank so many of our, our product partners and uh, we got so many great people. PNS is right at the top, but there's, there's right there with them or, you know, you guys have seen a lot of the brands. We just we, we, we continue to grow and prosper and help others, we hope, uh, by doing this. If you've got any questions or comments, if there's a subject you want to um, take in here, uh, make sure to reach out to Chris or I. Uh, my email is running at detailingsuccess.com. Chris is, Chris is at detailingsuccess.com. And we love to hear your comments. We got a really, really good one um, from a gentleman over in Europe uh, this weekend. And I haven't responded back to him yet, but it was a very emotional um reach out. We had several last week. We've had several since Michael came on and we just want to thank you for that. Our goal here is not to be a popular podcast. I really don't care about that. We want to know that we made, we made contact with one person, every single, every single podcast and, and made a little, a little difference in their life and their business. That's our, I, I, that simple as that. We really don't. That's our goal is just to help others. So Joe, Hey, thanks a lot for coming on, man. Stay healthy. And, uh, We'll see you uh, when I'm up in the Pacific Northwest next. And everybody, have a blessed rest of the week. Go out there, make some money, make some memories, make some uh, good times, and we'll see you next time. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Rennie Doyle Podcast, brought to you by Detailing Success and PNS Double Black. Listen to new episodes weekly, and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And don't forget to share with your friends and colleagues. 